Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. It's Tuesday, March 8, 2022. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black cow. Boone is here with me. Strong jaw. And as previously noted, we're doing short episodes of the top six conference tournaments. It's the ACC tournament, Big Ten, Big 12, Big East, Pac-12, and the SEC. This episode is on the Big 12 tournament. Starts Wednesday in Kansas City. Kansas and Baylor are co-Big 12 champs and thus the top two seeds. Kansas is the one seed. Baylor is the two seed. That means the Jayhawks and Bears won't play until Thursday's quarterfinals. Strong jaw, this seems easy to me. If Kansas or Baylor wins this Big 12 tournament, that team will be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. Is that simple? I think it's that simple. And I would go a step further and say that I think if they meet in the Big 12 title game, as the bracket would at least project, if if the if the bracket falls chalk, I think both could end up um, on the one line. It it's kind of interesting because both teams are entering the postseason kind of going different directions. KU's vying for the one seed. They've lost two of their la- their final four games entering the Big 12 tournament. Uh, one of those came in an overtime win against Texas at home. Uh, so they've been playing kind of with fire a little bit. Meanwhile, Baylor, uh, they're missing LJ Cryer. They're missing Jonathan Chamwa Chachua, uh, but they've won their final five. They've looked pretty good. They beat KU during that stretch. So uh, I, th- I think that's kind of the biggest storyline entering the Big 12 tournament is, is you know, both of these teams, I think, vying for the number one seed, for number one seed um, in, in the NCAA tournament. Cherry Palm right now has Baylor projected as a one seed and Kansas projected as a two seed. But the truth mm-hmm. is, there's not much difference between their resumes. Like, let me run you through it real quick. Baylor is 11 and four in quadrant one, seven and one in quadrant two. So the 26 and five overall, 18 and five in the first two quadrants, only one loss outside of quadrant one. That's excellent. Kansas, 10 and five in quadrant one, seven and one in quadrant two. So 25 and six overall. 17 and six in the first two quadrants with only one loss outside of quadrant one. I mean, they're really just the only difference between them is like one game. You take one of these losses and flip it into a quadrant one win for Kansas. And they've got more or less identical uh, resumes. So if either team wins the big 12 tournament, that it, that team's guaranteed to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. There's just no scenario where you can be, a regular season champ of the best league in the country, a tournament champ of the best league in the country, and not be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. So there's no question in my mind, whether it's Kansas or Baylor, if one of them wins this, they're a one seed. The question I think is, and you touched on this already, can Baylor still get a one seed or Kansas still get a one seed without winning the Big 12 tournament? I think Baylor is more likely than Kansas just based on the way Jerry has them right now. but. It would be not 
impossible, but I think unlikely for Kansas to be a two seed heading into the Big 12 tournament, not win it, and move up to the one line. I think they probably, in that case, stay a two seed. Yeah, I, I think that's the big story is is figuring out what Kansas is going to do and if they can make the run. I, Kansas should be the favorite entering the Big 12 tournament. I think there's kind of no question. If you've been to the Big 12 tournament before, that's kind of like a home game for Kansas. And um, the bracket looks pretty good uh, for them, especially. I think I think they've got a real chance to, to obviously make it, and they're, they're lined up as the one seed. Um, Baylor, I think, is is a different story. I feel like Baylor has been walking wounded, and at some point the shoe's going to drop, but the shoe hasn't dropped. Baylor just kind of keeps on rolling. Um, I think I don't know. Like we'll we'll see. Kind of, I'm curious what these teams look like because again, Baylor has looked really good to close the regular season. Kansas kind of struggled to end the regular season. Uh, now they kind of wiped the slate clean, obviously in the Big 12 tournament. And I think that if they make the Big 12 tournament title game, um, it gets interesting because I think there's a chance that both Kansas and Baylor end up on the one line on selection Sunday. We'll see kind of how it shakes out across the country, especially with Arizona. Um, it's it, They're going to be right there. Kansas could end up being like that top number two seed in the NCAA tournament, but it's going to be really close. I think, um, you know, you, you mentioned what Baylor has done in spite of injuries. It's why, and I know, I know it's debatable between Bill self I guess even Mark Adams and Scott Drew for Big 12 Coach of the Year. Um, but I was on radio in Kansas City earlier today with Seren Petro. And, um, you know, he, we were sort of talking about it. And I said, listen, I, I think you could basically vote Bill Self Coach of the Year every year. He's incredible. You know, he's now got 20 conference championships in his career. Mike Krzyzewski is retiring at the age of 75 as the GOAT with 13. Bill Self's already got 20. I mean, it's outrageous. Um, but in this particular year, I think Scott Drew's the coach of the year. He lost four starters off his national championship team. All right. So how about to be a one seed for what would be the third consecutive year if we had a tournament in 2020. All right. That's incredible. Um, he lost four starters off his national championship team. How do you replace all that? He did it. Stay great. And then he lost two rotation players, including at the time his leading scorer in LJ Cryer. Like LJ Cryer hasn't played. He's played one game since January 25th. And I guess it was maybe two Mondays ago. Fran Fraschilla was doing a Kansas game on Big Monday and said he didn't think LJ Cryer was playing again this season. And I don't think Franny would just say that all willy nilly. Like I think he, um, you know, he, he was at shoot around like you are when you're a color analyst in advance of a game. And, you know, those are very casual, candid conversations. And I bet he left those with the impression that LJ Cryer is probably not going to play. Baylor has not gone that far. Scott Drew actually said he prays for LJ Cryer's health every single night. Um, but when Franny said that, it it raised my eyebrows a little bit. Like, okay, this is – they keep saying he's, you know, he's a game-time decision, but – uh, if Franny didn't think he was going to play again this season, that's that was just it was a discouraging thing to hear. So they lose LJ Cryer, they lose Jonathan Chamwachachua, who you know played more than twenty minutes a game for the title team, um, was playing more than twenty minutes a game for this team. Very important player to what they do, and they still just keep winning. Like yep. you, when you lose four starters from your championship team, 
bring back a new team, lose two rotation players from that, and you still are co-Big 12 champions and in position to be a one seed, I think I think that's coach of the year stuff. So the Big 12, as of this moment, it projects as a six-bid league, according to Jerry Palm. Baylor as a one seed, Kansas as a two seed, Texas Tech as a four, Texas as a six, Iowa State as a seven. Boy, Iowa State better be glad it got all that work done early because it has not been great down the stretch. TCU as an eight. Those are all locks. Those teams are in. No matter what happens this week, those teams are all going to the NCAA tournament. Oklahoma is the bubble team. That's your home state. Oklahoma is three and 11 in quadrant one, six and two in quadrant two. So nine and 13 in the first two quadrants. They've also got a quadrant three loss. Their top 40 in Ken Palm and some of the other computers, they're 42nd in the net. Do you have a sense for how much Oklahoma has to get accomplished in the Big 12 tournament to be a legitimate at-large candidate? Is it even possible? I mean, obviously, they'd have to upset Baylor in the quarters. You know, you can't be way on the wrong side of the bubble, lose in the quarterfinals of your conference tournament and get there. So they obviously got to beat Baylor. Then they would play either Texas Tech or Iowa State in the semis. Got to win that. And then you're in the championship game. And honestly, I don't even know that if you lose there, I don't know that that's good enough. You would have added two quadrant one wins and probably taken another one. Uh, another loss. I think they probably got to win the whole thing. I'm not sure there's a path for an at-large. Yeah, I agree. I, they're probably on the bubble of being on the bubble, which right. is not exactly where you want to be. Um, definitely have to win multiple games at this point. They you know, they closed the, the regular season with three consecutive wins, and I think it was kind of a feel-good story. Um, but they they were really bad basically all of February. I th- they only won two games in the entire month of February, and um, they really put themselves behind the eight ball. I think they probably have to to run the table uh, to win it all. And oh boy, I mean, good luck. Uh, Baylor is is first up. Uh, they'd probably end up playing Texas Tech in um, in the semis. Uh, when they played Texas Tech just a few weeks ago, they sc- scored forty two points. And and lost by 24 points. So <laughs> the chances that OU is is able to run the table is probably pretty low. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think that's probably what they would have to do to uh, to get in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, because anything short of winning this thing um, is going to leave them multiple games under 500 in the first two quadrants with a quadrant three loss. So like I said, right now they're nine and 13 in the first two quadrants. Let's say they win quarters, win semis, then lose in the championship game. So that'd be two and one in uh, a three game stretch, all quadrant one opportunities. So suddenly they'd be 11 and 14 in the first two quadrants with five quadrant one wins and a quadrant three loss, two games under 500 in the first two quadrants with a quadrant three loss. That's close. I think that's probably close, but on the wrong side. My advice to Porter Mosier would be if you happen to get to the a title game against all odds, you probably still want to go ahead and, and win it, or else you might just be a really high seed in, uh, in the NIT. All right. What do you got for a championship game in the Big 12 tournament? Who do you got winning it? I got to go chalk. Um, I looked at this bracket and tried to talk myself into – someone who could make a run as you know a three or four or five or six seed and i think it's possible but 
I it, I think it's Baylor and and Kansas that end up meeting in the in the Big Twelve title game. I would take Kansas over Baylor. Again, it's just a huge. It's not home court, but it might as well be home court for Kansas. They roll deep in Kansas City. Um, I think the the recent inconsistency we've seen from Kansas gives me a little bit of pause, but I, I think this is the best team in the field. Um, they're way more healthy than Baylor. I think they will get to the Big 12 title game and end up winning it. I'm with you. I, I've got and my semifinals will be Kansas, Texas yeah. and Baylor, Texas Tech. Um, and Texas Tech has showed signs at different times this year to, that they're capable of beating any of these teams on a neutral court. So if we, you know, if the tournament ends with, you know, the Red Raiders cutting down nets, that won't be crazy. But I'm chalk with you, Kansas Baylor in the yeah. title game, and then I've got Kansas winning it for the exact reasons you pointed out. Um, what's the LJ Cryer situation like? At some point, losing your one of your best players matters. Losing two rotation. Losing two of your rotation players matters. Like um, for a while with Houston, you know, they lost two of their top four mm. before Christmas. And for a while, it didn't look like it mattered. Well, now it looks like it matters. Yeah. You know, they've got smacked by Memphis twice. That's a team that's going to be, you know, a six seed, five seed, six seed, seven seed in the NCAA tournament, um, but very vulnerable because not because they wouldn't have been really good. Not because Calvin Sampson isn't amazing, but because when you lose two of your top four, that shows up. I've talked about this on other episodes. Like if you took two of the top four off of uh, Kentucky, what would that look like? Two of the top four off of Duke, what would that look like? Two of the top four off of Arizona, what would that look like? Like college basketball teams aren't built to just lose two of their top four. And for Baylor, it's not two of the top four like it was for Houston, but it's two of the top six. Two of the top seven, it's two players that matter. And I think that combined with the fact that Kansas fans are going to overrun that arena um, and create what feels like a home court advantage, it makes me, with all due respect to the Drew family, uh, lean a little toward the Jayhawks in this situation. Yeah, and, and Tom Chachua, like production-wise, you look at this, this the stat sheet, um, he's not you know one of the top four guys on the team, but – he's kind of like the glue guy. He was the guy that kind of held them together defensively. Like he was kind of the heart and soul of that team. So, I mean, in a way, like he's, I think he's easily one of the top five most important Baylor players. So you're missing that guy. You're missing LJ Cryer. Eventually I agree with you. It's, it's, it's probably going to end up catching, catching up with Baylor at some point with all due respect to the Baylor, to the, to the Drew family, obviously, obviously including, yeah, the dog hook so big 12 tournament starts on wednesday you get kansas state against west virginia remember this is only a nine team tournament because oklahoma state your cowboys are not allowed to participate big 12 with 10 teams playing <laughs> with nine teams in the postseason tournament how about that gets confusing got kansas state <laughs> and west virginia on wednesday quarterfinals on thursday semifinals on friday and a championship game on Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Levi Norwood. Scored one point in one game in the 2010-2011 season for the Baylor Bears. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Island College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my lifetime. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars at both places. 
write a nice review, like nice words. Hey, I went and checked last night just to see if you guys are doing it. You're doing it. I appreciate it. If you haven't left the review at Apple Podcasts yet, please go do that. There's more of us than there are of them. There's more of us than there are of them. Had one review at Apple Podcasts. He actually said, GP, I'm here leaving a five-star review, even though I am one of them. So them exist, but there's more of us than there are of them. Smash that like button if you haven't done it already. Please subscribe to the YouTube page if you haven't done that. And we will talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do averaging 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Four, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.